Good morning and welcome to another episode of Iconic Freedom, The Formula. We are exploring accountability and responsibility, setting a standard, and let each care for self and all will be cared for. Self. Uh, somebody said that anti-Semitism and Kristallnacht in Germany was the result of 10 years of Jew baiting. 10 years? You must be joking. It's the result of 2,000 years of Christianity it, uh, based on one verse of one chapter of St. John's Gospel, which led to a pogrom after every Easter sermon every year for hundreds of years, because it claims that the Jews demanded the blood of Christ be on the heads of themselves and all their children to the remotest generation. That's the warrant and license for and incitement to anti-Jewish pogroms. What are you going to do about that? Where's your piddling subsection now? Does it say St. John's Gospel must be censored? Do I who've read Freud and know what the future of an illusion really is and know that religious belief is ineradicable as long as we remain a stupid, poorly evolved mammalian species? Think that some Canadian law is going to solve this problem? Please. No, our problem is this, our prefrontal lobes are too small, and our adrenaline glands are too big, and our thumb-finger opposition isn't all that it might be. And we're afraid of the dark, and we're afraid to die, and we believe in the truths of holy books that are so stupid and so fabricated that a child can, and all children do, but as you can tell by their questions, actually see through them. And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule, and hatred and contempt. And I claim- Another great section of this particular speech. And what I find fascinating is, you know, from last week uh, to this week, uh, everything that's happening again in Israel, Palestine, and then even what's happening here in the United States, where people are clearly drawing a line. And there are some people that are supporting Hamas, they're supporting uh, Hezbollah, and these are terrorist organizations. Now, if, if you're a person, I cannot believe that there would be a person listening to this that would be supporting that, but uh, hey, listen, if you are, maybe you're going to have a red pill moment and you'll come to understand that uh, you know, uh, crimes against humanity are crimes against humanity, that if you have any level of accountability and responsibility, you just wouldn't do it. Um, I do find it fascinating, though, that he speaks about the monotheisms of religion. Now, I mean, he has a very strong feeling about religion. Uh, he, I mean, he wrote books about it. Uh, you know, I think he wrote... Um, Shoot, uh, he wrote a book back in 2006, which is how I found him, actually, um, that had to do with, uh, you know, basically his case against God. And um, I'll look that up at some point and and make sure that I, I mention it. But it was really a great book, and it made very valid arguments. Now, if you're a religious person and that's how you find your accountability, your responsibility, then, you know, great. Then that's your choice, right? Uh, You get to do that. But I've mentioned before that, you know, I look to my own internal authority. I want to develop myself to the point of not needing to look outside myself for my decisions on what I should do regarding integrity. And it's a whole other 
level of going down uh, that uh, that rabbit hole, as it were, in order to talk about all that. And I will talk about it at some point uh, and kind of explore it. But um, I did think it was very fascinating listening to this piece and hearing what he had to say, especially with the advent of everything that's going on right now. Right. Now let's not dance around, not all monotheisms are exactly the same at the moment. They're all based on the same illusion, they're all plagiarisms of each other, but there's one in particular that at the moment is proposing a serious menace not just to freedom of speech and freedom of expression, but to quite a lot of other freedoms too. And this is the religion that exhibits the horrible trio of self-hatred, self-righteousness, and self-pity. I'm talking about militant Islam. Globally, it's a gigantic power. Globally, it's a gigantic power. It controls an enormous amount of oil wealth, several large countries and states, uh, with, a, with an enormous fortune. It's pumping the ideology of Wahhabism and Salafism around the world, poisoning societies where it goes, ruining the minds of children, stultifying the young in its madrasas, training people in violence, uh, making a cult of death and suicide and murder. That's what it does globally. It's quite strong. In our societies, it poses as a cringing minority whose, whose faith you might offend, which deserves all the protection uh, that, that a small and vulnerable group might need. Now, it makes quite large claims for itself, doesn't it? It says it's the final revelation. It says that God spoke to one illiterate businessman in the Arabian Peninsula three times through an archangel and that the resulting material which as you can see when you read it is largely plagiarized from the Old and the New Testament almost all of it actually plagiarized ineptly from the Old and New Testament is to be accepted as a divine revelation and as the final and unalterable one and that those who do not accept this revelation are fit to be treated as cattle, infidels, potential chattel, slaves and Victims, well, I tell you what, I don't think Muhammad ever heard those voices. I don't believe it. And the likelihood that I'm right, as opposed to the likelihood that a shepherd who couldn't, a businessman couldn't, who couldn't read, had bits of the Old and New Testament re-dictated to him by an archangel, I think puts me much more near the position of being objective. So that was a long segment, but it's kind of hard sometimes to clip this because he starts talking and it's so good and everything you know really pulls together i don't know i I never knew hitchens personally um i only saw him several times doing debates with people when i lived in new york and then watched him on television um the book that he had written is called god is not great um and it has some very interesting arguments in there uh for his case against religion but so what i really want to point out though about this is that he he really knows how to pull things together when he's talking. And when you watch this, if you're watching this on Rumble or YouTube, you're going to see that it almost looks as though he's just doing it off the cuff. Now, I know for a fact that he's got notes in front of him, but the man is so articulate and well-spoken that he's able to draw from a vast amount of knowledge. It was one of the things that I always thought was so impressive about him. And when I talk about, you know, words being like Christmas, 
to be honest, I mean, Hitchens is a pretty good Santa Claus when it comes to that. And if you've ever seen Milton Friedman, uh, he's a pretty damn good elf when it comes to that as well. Uh, you know, Once you see Milton Friedman, you'll understand why I call him an elf and, and not Santa Claus. But I, I find the way he is able to articulate something, the way he's able to be so well-spoken and to address these issues, I think it makes it more palatable for people people. Now, again, we've kind of talked about the accountability responsibility component, so I won't belabor that, but um, I'll just give you the next segment to listen to and enjoy. Correct. But who is the one under threat? The person who promulgates this and says, I'd better listen because if I don't, I'm in danger, or me, who says, oh, no, I think this is so silly, you could even publish a cartoon about it. And up go the placards, and up go the yells, and the howls, and the screams. Behead those. This is in London. This is in Toronto. This is in New York. It's right in our midst now. Behead those. Behead those who cartoon Islam. Do they get arrested for hate speech? No. Might I get in trouble for saying what I've just said about the Prophet Muhammad? Yes, I might. Where are your priorities, ladies and gentlemen? You're giving away what's most precious in your own society, and you're giving it away without a fight, and you're even praising the people who want to deny you the right to resist it. Shame on you while you do this. Make the best use of the time you've got left. This is really serious. What I think is so interesting to me is when he's talking about, you know, people that are, you know, opposing uh, the behavior that's going on currently right now with Israel and Palestine. And they're actually, you know, they're actually supporting Palestine and what they've done. And again, just looking at it from, you know, the accountability side of it, for whatever their issues might be, taking the lives of people, unsuspecting people that are not there standing there in front of you trying to defend their life, though you're trying to rob them and then you go to shoot them and they shoot you first. That's, you know, that's very simplistic, actually, in the way that it looks. But the fact that these people that are in, like, Times Square that were all over New York recently and all over campuses that are actually supporting Hamas. They're actually supporting Hezbollah. They're supporting people that are killing the Jewish people just because of their religion, just because of their hatred, just because they think that they know something and that they have a diseased mind and a distorted understanding of reality. And then it was fascinating, too, this week that then, you know, there's all these things going on where, you know, then these supporters of Hamas and everything, they realize that, you know, Israel is a very strong nation and they're about to take you out. And then there's all this, you know, oh, oh, no, 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 you know, ceasefire, ceasefire. So isn't it fascinating when you look at the behavior of human beings this way, the bully will sit there and bully and do their thing until the person that they're bullying stands up to them. And when they do and they start to knock them down, then the bully wants to cry victim, that they're the ones that are hurt. They're the ones that are put upon. They're the victims of all of this stuff. When in fact, it's like you never look to see how you contributed to your own suffering. Now, 
If you look anywhere you like, because we've had invocations of a rather driveling and sickly kind tonight of our sympathy. What about the poor fags? What about the poor Jews, the wretched women who can't take the abuse, and the slaves and their descendants, and the, and the tribes who didn't make it and were told that their land was forfeit? Look anywhere you like for the warrant for slavery, for the subjection of women as chattel, for the burning and, and, and uh, flogging of homosexuals, for ethnic cleansing, for anti-Semitism, for all of this, you look no further than a famous book that's on every pulpit in this city and in every synagogue and in every mosque. And then just see whether you can square the fact that the force that is the main source of hatred is also the main caller for censorship. And when you realize that you're therefore this evening faced with a gigantic false antithesis, I hope that still won't stop you from giving the motion before you the resounding endorsement that it deserves. Thanks awfully. Night night. Stay cool. So you heard right there where he again reiterated what I just talked about regarding, you know, the bully becomes the victim, uh, which I always think that that's so funny to me. And and you have to realize that people that are victims when you think about it, they're really the master manipulators, right? Because everything that they want to do is based on their feelings and emotions. And if they're able, and if they're good at it, and that's why, you know, some people, you know, you'll hear people say, you know, well, that person's kind of smart. They're smart in the fact that they're able to manipulate. That doesn't mean that they have integrity. <laughs> that doesn't mean they have integrity. That doesn't mean they have character. It just means that they have developed a skill for manipulating and controlling people and the master manipulators are those that try to control and manipulate the master manipulators are the ones that appear to be a victim but again they're not taking responsibility and taking ownership of their choices which place them into the position that they are now existing and living in and again I really want to point out how People need to, I mean, if they want to develop accountability responsibility, people need to look to see how did I contribute to this particular situation that I'm now experiencing. Because even the slightest moments for yourself, you'll be able to gain some understanding to say, okay, well, maybe I could have said this or done this, and that might have changed a little bit of the experience that I just had. 1788, when the United States was barely a country, right. it was having its um, sailors taken as slaves by the Barbary states, the states of the Ottoman Empire in North Africa. Tripoli. Tripoli. Shores exactly. of Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. Ships uh, stopped. Its crews carried off into slavery. We right. estimate one and a half million European and American slaves taken between 1750 and 1815. Jefferson and Adams went to their ambassador in London and said, why do you do this to us? The United States has never had a quarrel with the Muslim world of any kind. We weren't in the Crusades. We weren't in the war in Spain. Why do you do this to our people and our ships? Why do you plunder and enslave our people? And the ambassador said very plainly, Mr. Abdurrahman said, because the Quran gives us permission to do so, because you are infidels. And that's our answer. And Jefferson said, well, in that case, I will send a navy which will crush your state, which he did. Islamic fundamentalism is not created by American democracy. It's a lie to say so. It's a masochistic lie. And it excuses those who are the real criminals, and it blames us for the attacks made upon so I thought that was a nice little epilogue. Uh, it was a piece from Bill Maher's show, I think, at one time, 
politically incorrect, maybe, uh, where uh, Hitchens was on a panel, and it was great because you know he you know very cleanly, very clearly. I mean, you can see in another forum he's able to draw a massive amount of information to talk about where does accountability and responsibility lie. And, you know, we didn't start the fire, right? It was like, well, who started the fire? And even the diplomacy that they attempted to do with Jefferson and Adams, you know, um, for, you know, certain religions, they will have none of it. They want to hear none of it. All they want to do is control and manipulate people. To what end, I do not know. Of course, we know all interest is self-interest, so we have to imagine that it's for their own satisfaction and perhaps something to get them into heaven. And we are at the end of another podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed going down the rabbit hole with me, uh, with Christopher Hitchens. Uh, This was a great speech and a lot of fun to listen to. I have listened to it, I can't tell you how many times over the years. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, uh, you can do that with the links down below. Hit that like button and that share button. Uh, Share it with your family and friends. You never know what they might get out of this, and you never know how it might help them out. Make it a great weekend. We will join each other next week and talk about the great Milton Friedman.